In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're back. It is the sexy position. That, that one that fantasy footballers, they're going wild. It's their, their make or break position. It's the offensive tackle. Fun stuff. I'm getting better at this sales thing. Well, I'm not, but I could if you help me. Forget it. I got enough to do without having to. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> that guy had a little code. It's that guy in a little goat day. Ah, oh, it's time to get talking about the offensive tackles. It's the Tommy Boy Day, day two of offensive tackle prospects. The fat guy in a little goat day. So, have you ever seen Tommy Boy Jack? Be honest. We, we discussed this on the podcast about five months ago, and the answer is no. You still haven't seen it. You, you sent me a load of clips. Um, <sighs> it was it was underwhelming. I, I apologize to all you Browns fans out there for the, the blasphemy that Jack is speaking. Blasphemy. Blasphemous. So let's look at the room before we start talking about draft prospects. We have our left tackle and our right tackle locked in. We know where them dudes are. We've got Jedrick Wills for the next three or four years, um, depending on the fifth-year option. And then we have Jack Conklin for at least another two years. Done. Yep. And it's sequenced perfectly. Just saying. And then the big question comes to what's going on with Chris Hubbard? Chris Hubbard's probably not going to be here long term. If he is here long term, it might be some weird guard thing they do with him. Um, 11th best guard for PFF last year. Um, but he doesn't have a long term future as offensive tackle three. If you're going to pay someone sort of three, four, five million, they're going to need to be a starter. They're not going to be a depth piece. So. That's somewhere that long-term, they, they want to bring someone in in the draft. Um, the interesting thing's going to be this Greg Sanat versus Alex Taylor. Do they want to keep one of them around? Because you're looking at four offensive tackles on the roster. Yeah, and they, the one thing that Hubbard is has a leg up on a lot is he has that flexibility to go inside. A guy like Alex Taylor, I don't think, has ever played guard. So when you're talking about a guy like Hubbard, I even think if in a push... He could play center. So if, say, you had a dinging injury to Nick Harris and J.C. Treader goes down, I think you could put Hubbard, Hubbard in even for that. So, you know, one of the things I think that Bill Callahan likes the most is versatility amongst the offensive line. And while we have our staples on the outside, Hubbard, I think it's a leg up because of his versatility. But I, I, I think there's certainly a route where they can address this in the draft because they would love a, an option there that can come in and, be that third choice offensive tackle. It's a way they can save some money. Um, but then there's also the long-term future of, hey, in two years' time, this guy might be awesome as a swing tackle. Hopefully, we don't need him and the other two guys stay perfectly healthy. But we might see what he can do. And then they might decide, actually, this guy's above average. We don't need to extend Conklin. Um, we've got two more cheap years of whoever this pick might be. So 
I think it's incredibly realistic that they could go offensive tackle. Lots of people will be like, oh, but we don't need one. We don't really need anything. Jack, I have a question for you. If given the choice in drafting in, let's say, late day two, day three, and well, I'll throw some names out here that we'll cover, maybe a, a Spencer Brown or a Brady Christensen, would you rather have one of those guys or Bobby Hart? Because in a pinch, if there's an injury, you want to look to one of those guys or do you want to look to Bobby Hart? Jack, what says you? Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have the young player with upside because the advantages as well, having a Bobby Hart, well, that's five million maybe you've got a sign there that you can actually go spend on a Troy Hill um, as the team sort of gone and done. And it's like, where do you want that value? Do you want that value on your bench or do you want that value in a starting 22? Um, and just looking at draft options, this one I was playing around with a mock draft earlier, I had a choice between Tommy Tremble, who's like a tight end slash fullback, or a, a, a tackle that in two years' time could be a starter and above average starter in the NFL. Well, I, I want the tackle. I, I'm not that worried about a, a tight end that can play fullback. You can get one of them anywhere. Um, fullbacks are so easy to get hold of in the NFL, unless your name's Carl Juszczyk. So... I think it's a really important position. The Browns have seen what bad offensive tackle play looks like. We need I think to have also, three great players. You want to draft guys because you want to use the tutelage of Bill Callahan. You want to give guys the maximum number of days with Bill Callahan as possible. So if you can start developing your future right tackle or your future left tackle today, that they then have two years of just knowledge absorbing offensive tackle technicians training with Joe Thomas, whatever it is, but yes, you are hundred percent right. When you're talking about these prime positions, the tackles, you know, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the corners, you take these guys. I mean, there was a strategy. You always take a quarterback late in the round. Why would you not take, if you see a guy that's like, man, he's a third round prospect and he's sitting there in the fifth round and he's offensive tackle. Heck yeah. Bring him along. So I, Jack, Let's just bring general one consensus. The Browns are not taking an offensive tackle at 26, right? And, and I would throw in 59 there as well. I, I, we were going to get to that, but yeah. So 26, day one. Sorry, Browns fans. No fat guys on day one. Day two, 59. Is no. there any scenario with trade backs from 26 where maybe – I'm just throwing it out there. I agree with you. I don't think it's likely. I don't think 59. No, for me, that first pick, we've spoke about corner – with covered edge and wide receiver. I, I think they're the only three. The first pick the Browns make, I think is going to be one of those three positions. I'd be shocked if it's anything else. I think Clowney gets edge out of there too. So I think you're looking at if, if they I sign Clowney, I think you're talking corner wide out and edge. I think those are your three, but offensive tackle 89, 91. I think now you and I both, doing our prep said this is a legitimate shot where maybe one of those guys from that top 60 that you thought would go around 59 is still on the board at 89 stranger things have happened. So stop throwing draft network mock drafts at me where guys, because we see guys down there that would never be around. So enough of that 89, 91, I think is a legitimate spot where if the right guys on the board, the right guy is going to be coming to the Browns, Jack, let's run through a couple of these names here at that end of that third round. Yeah, so the first name we come across is Jackson Carmen. Um, I don't have a relative athletic score on that. That's one thing that annoys me, but 21.6. So age profile is nice and well in our favor. I think Jackson Carmen's a guard. I know he is slated as a tackle, played tackle at Clemson. I just think he's a guard. Now, 
could he be a Chris Hubbard type guard? Maybe who knows, but yeah, Jackson Carmen kid out of Clemson. Um, again, I see I, a lot of people are mocking him as being part of the um, interior offensive line class. But at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy who's six, four, three seventeen. I, I don't see him being a fit. Honestly, I just don't think he does what the Browns want him to do. Yeah. And sort of one good thing to look at, we discussed it before um, and it's probably worth just mentioning here before we get too deep into it, relative athletic score. And I, I think there's something that they really value with athleticism because Kevin Stefanski wants to do some crazy stuff, whether it's a, a guard running the other side of the field to block a wide receiver or crazy, crazy things with athleticism. They seem to value it. And just to look at the guys this front office has added, whether it's the draft, whether it's extending Browns players, whether it's free agency, you've got Wills, 8.44, Taylor, 8.16, Conklin, 9.23, Sinat, 5.9, Hubbard, 7.88. That is elite athleticism out of the three main guys that they've really coveted. So um, I, I think it's something that is important and worth looking at. Um, because they are asking for more flexibility. They're not asking for your um, offensive linemen to just stand there and block. They want to do more than that with them. I think, yeah. I mean, I think anybody that's watched the Browns know they run a zone scheme at times, which means that they are blocking zones, which means you need guys that can move. They got to have quick feet. How many times did we see that highlight of Wyatt Teller pulling from the right guard, sliding over there through that tight end gap on the left side and just mauling people? So guess what? If you're a tackle, you got to have good feet. You got to have powerful hands and you got to have the ability to move around. That translates to your point into an RAS score that's going to be higher than um, your bottom of the barrel guys, like the Mitchell Schwartz's of the threes. I don't know if they have as much interest. Yes. Mitchell Schwartz is a great tackle. And I stand for him, you know, when he was here with the Browns, but he wasn't running that, you know, quote unquote zone scheme until Kyle Shanahan got here, which at that point there, the Browns didn't deem him to be worthy. So to say, and then, then that was the whole fiasco there. So next up, we have the most athletic offensive tackle in the entire class scored a flat 10 which is a perfect score in RAS does have a negative 23 and a half come week one and that is a man called Spencer Brown boy what his uh he was a 10 wow and I think the more impressive thing about that is is when I tell you Spencer Brown is not a small individual if you turn on the tape you will have no problem finding him he is six foot eight 311 pounds and he grew up on a farm so he is a northern iowa boy 68311 that is a massive human being so you're talking about a guy who has just put on a ton of weight i think he's up almost 100 pounds um since he he left high school um this is a guy that was a former tight end so you ask like where that athleticism comes from that's where you're getting it. this guy is a right tackle so if you're talking about maybe, you know, somebody down the line, Pat post Conklin, you're looking at a guy named Spencer Brown. Um, he's a competitive, tough guy. He is a technique. He's the project guy. You're talking about a guy that still really kind of has to learn the nuances of playing offensive line who better to teach him Jack. The man, the myth, the legends. It's not Dante Skarnick here. It's, it's the closest thing. Yes, it is yeah. Bill Callahan. So if I have a guy who is just an athlete, who's competitive, who's tough that I simply have to teach. And Oh, by the way, he's going to be my maybe offensive tackle number four. Cause no offense. You're not putting this guy in the practice squad. Cause somebody's going to sign him. 
but yeah, Spencer Brown is a guy I definitely like, especially at six, eight, three, eleven. I mean, he's up in there in that Zach Banner size, but insanely athletic. So next up, we've got a guy, James Hudson, um, 22.3 come week one. So that's nice. But for me, I'm slapping a big red flag on this with a 3.82 as a relative athletic score. I just don't think it fits what we want to do as a team. So ironically enough, so James Hudson, a kid out of Ohio, uh, went to Central Catholic in Cleveland, went down, played for Luke Fickle down there at Cincinnati, six foot four, 313 pounds. He's, you know, a touch under 22 on the day of the draft. So ironically enough, he started as a D lineman at Michigan before moving to offensive line, went to right tackle. And the next thing you know, transfers down to Cincinnati and plays left tackle. You know, he's a guy, he has good feet, strong hands, um, balance is something you're going to see. He is projected as a zone tackle. So now when we talk about, you know, man blocking versus zone blocking schemes, Hudson is a guy who ironically lacks the athleticism, but is targeted as being a zone scheme blocker. So definitely, I think something where if you're sitting there at that 89, 91 range, this is a guy that kind of has a, a scattering of reviews. You know, some of them, you're going to see him as a top 70 player. Some you're going to see him maybe as a top 105, 104 range. So this is a guy whose grade varies. And I think that's solely because the man versus zone. So the Browns may have him higher up, but like I said, the question is, how does that athleticism translate to being a zone blocker? So next up, we've got a dude that I was incredibly excited about up until the point where I saw he's old enough to be my dad. Um, and that was the moment I was out on him. National um, Labor Relations Board, we apologize for the comments made by the age discrimination exact, Jack Duffin. Sue me. Um, and that is Brady Christensen out of BYU. You know, I, I know. And for all of you that are out there, this guy's going to be 25 at week one, 25. So maybe you look at that and say, hey, he's very mature, you know, because obviously and when you're at BYU, there's, you know, some other obligations that you have to fulfill before becoming to the program. Then he redshirted in 2017, but Brady Christensen, 6'5", 300 pounds, uh, played left tackle at BYU. This guy you got to remember he blocked for Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson's a mobile quarterback. This is a guy that moves around a lot. Um, I think sometimes he got a little bit lost trying to figure out where Zach Wilson was. Uh, so he was a little bit better of a run blocker than pass blocker, but I definitely think that this guy can come in, be a starter eventually in the league. But to your point, Jack, if he's not starting now, three years down the road, you're talking about a guy that's going to be 28 maybe by the time he's in that starting role. I normally don't agree with you unless we're talking about our favorite guy, Rodarius Williams brother of Grady. I think Brady is going to be looking somewhere else because he's going to want to start quicker and the Browns have their tackles for a couple of years. So you're right. I just, I don't see that as being a fit here. Yeah. It's an amazing story though. Two-star recruit um, who honestly said when he turned up to BYU, he didn't think he'd be good enough to play there. Um, and now he's going to go play in the NFL. So amazing story. Now we've got our last player we were going to touch on um, today. And that is, a, that is the tackle I'm most excited about. Um, an 8.89 relative athletic score, 22.4 come draft day, not draft day, come week one. Um, Ian thinks he might be gone, but I'm going to be optimistic. And that is Walker Little, um, who's an offensive tackle out of Stanford. So he's a smart dude. Um, and, and I just think that that's a guy, if, if he's there, let's do it. Yeah, I think that Walker Little is a guy that some teams will have flagged medically. 
And I think that's his biggest question mark. You're talking about a guy who missed the bowl game in 2018. He had a season ending injury in 2019 and then opted out at 2020. So this guy hasn't played football since 2018. So yes, he has not been able to develop the last two years. He's six, seven, 313 pounds, you know, so this was a left tackle at Stanford, but the problem is we just don't have that much to see in terms of what he's done the last two years. Now to go back, Stanford plays a pro style offense. So I think a lot of people are going to like the fact that he's played in that Um, he's an athlete, but again, you're probably talking about somebody that one of the teams is going to see the raw talent there, probably snatch him up just because I do think he has a very high ceiling, but the medicals here would be the big flag for me. So that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow either with a show about clowning or a show about offensive tackles in day three. So check us tomorrow, see what we're bringing your way. And as always, go. Go Browns. Go Browns.